Hey everyone and welcome to this edition of the Payoff Pitch. I'm Chris Steele. I'm going to be joined later by James Vecchio and this week we're just going to be talking on the Payoff Pitch about midseason coming up here and what to make of a lot. Right now there's a lot of different ways you can kind of handle the midseason draft potentially or trades that are coming your way. You need to kind of take a hard look at your roster and see who's important to you who's actually a let's say a, a player who's going to be a pillar in your system for years to come and who's somebody you're willing to move right now I, one name that keeps catching my eye a lot this year and right now he's one of the hottest hitters in baseball is dom smith dom smith was somebody that i had on my team for a while and then i immediately got rid of him because there was no upside for me once uh, Pete Alonzo burst onto the scene. Dom Smith doesn't really have a good enough glove to be anywhere other than left field. And for me, it seemed like his bat didn't support him actually being an everyday player. So what's happened since then? The last two weeks, Dom Smith has gone from an 0 for 20 streak to a player who looks like he could be a potential piece in the future. And that's really saying something because the New York Mets really have nothing going right now in terms of offense. If they can get anything, they're happy with it at this point. It's crazy right now. You've got to just be infuriated if you're DeGrom because there's no reason that you shouldn't be thinking that you're going to get better than let's say a single A team can produce on any given night. And that's what DeGrom has run into over the course of this season. He's been amazing. Each start has been electric, but at the same time, he's getting no run support. And if no run support, that's going to hurt you in fantasy because you're not getting those wins. You're not tallying those statistics that you need to make your team be even more successful. Right now, Dom Smith is one of those players that I would start to target a little bit because they're, the Mets are going to lean on anybody who can potentially give them a boost, and they need somebody right now. It feels like Francisco Lindor has taken a long time to kind of adjust to playing in New York, and James in the past has talked about how New York is just a different place. It, it means that you have to be a different kind of player. And Francisco Lindor kind of doesn't have that personality. He's more of a breezy kind of guy compared to the harshness that New York brings out in people. So if that's happening with, uh, you know, somebody like Francisco Lindor, I think right now might be a good time to target somebody like that too. Because you look at the way some players are, it takes a year to adjust sometimes. And once you do adjust to that new setting, then that player takes off. I think Francisco Lindor is going to continue to struggle the rest of this year. And then come next year, he's going to look like the player that we're used to seeing in Cleveland. So Francisco Lindor, Dom Smith, two guys to kind of target here at the midseason because of the way things are going for them. A guy that is very intriguing to me right now is Cedric Mullins, too. Cedric Mullins wasn't on an MLB roster. It looked like he was headed to play in Korea or somewhere overseas. Then all of a sudden, 
you know, Baltimore has to fill in a couple gaps in the outfield. Cedric Mullins gets a job. He turns it into a fantastic opportunity for him because Cedric Mullins is always going to hang around MLB and be kind of that fourth outfielder type of guy because he's a good fielder. He's got good speed. But Cedric Mullins is a top 20 player right now. It's phenomenal to see because you don't see it that often where a guy is essentially left for dead or told that they don't belong in the league anymore. And then they turn it into this kind of feel good story where you watch as a player stands to a level we haven't really seen yet. I think that's something that to take into account is that Cedric Mullins may be a flash in the pan type of player, but he can be a player who gets even better this season, but I would be looking to move him before the end of the year. Cedric Mullins is not this guy. He's not a top 20 outfielder in MLB. He's not going to continue to be this kind of guy. You've heard James and I kind of talk in the past about it as well, that Yerman Mercedes is a player who is another feel-good story. He's a fantastic story for the now. He's making the most of an opportunity. He shouldn't even be here. But at the same time, Yerman Mercedes and Cedric Mullins are producing. And if that can benefit you, you need that. Outfielders are tough to come by. And I think that Cedric Mullins is somebody who can really help a team out for this year. Now, looking further down the road, I don't know if that's realistic, that he can continue to be this kind of player. It, there's got to be a drop-off here. There's a reason Cedric Mullins was almost out of the league. His evaluation and scouting is probably better in MLB than it ever has been before. So did they all just miss? Did they get it all wrong? Or is Cedric Mullins just playing out of his mind right now? I think he's playing out of his mind right now. The regression will come. But Cedric Mullins, for the moment, for this season, this is the season of his lifetime. Make the most of somebody like Cedric Mullins. Don't, to, don't overpay for somebody like Cedric Mullins, though, I guess is the ultimate takeaway of this is that Cedric Mullins is something that you should be interested in for this season. But where does he go from here? He's not going anywhere. He's going to regress. The regression is coming. We know these kind of things. But at the same time, give him a run right now. That's why I wouldn't overpay for him. But I'm definitely interested if he's getting offered around right now. Uh, another couple of guys that I was looking at, is Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman should probably be a trade target right now. He's always been a player that I really liked ever since his days in Houston. He looked like a player who could be a guy who could be an everyday player. He has enough pop. He's got enough speed. He's got enough all-around game to be a really good player. He never got that in Houston. He's bounced around ever since. There was a lot of problems with just the way Houston handled his progression, kind of similar to Jonathan VR. Jonathan VR has been very good for a couple different teams. Going back to that Mets comment earlier that they need anybody who can produce, Jonathan VR is going to get some run right now because he is able to just come in and be that replacement level player that can show up and be good every day. And he's not going to be great, but he's going to be good every day. 
And that's something that I think you can depend on with Robbie Grossman. And Robbie Grossman is another player who is playing better than the back of his baseball card. The back of his baseball card says he's an average MLB player. Right now, he's playing very well. He's a top 100 outfielder. I think you got to kind of look at a Robbie Grossman and think about not something for the future, but this is a guy for right now. Uh, one guy that's really been disappointing for me uh, that I looked at as a potential breakout this year was another uh, center fielder, Bradley Zimmer of uh, Cleveland. Um, Bradley Zimmer is a first-round pick. He's somebody who should have been a main piece in Cleveland's offense. He's not that. Bradley Zimmer is a, just lucky if he can be a guy. His weighted runs created plus is 76 right now. So if the median is 100 and he's at 76, that tells you what Bradley Zimmer is doing. It's only been 20 games for him. He's going to get a few chances here while Cleveland just looks to kind of get healthy and put an outfield out there that can, you know, field the position. Bradley Zimmer has a ton of speed. He's got intangibles, but he isn't a player that's going to break out of this. I think at this point in his career, you got to look at him as being a player who is what he is. And that's what he is right now. He's just a player who's going to be lucky to be on a roster sometimes. Uh, I thought he had a lot more potential just because of his draft stock, because of his abilities. But I think you got to think about just turning tail and dumping him at this point. If it's a deep league, yeah. He should be on a waiver wire no matter how deep your league is. Because right now, there's nothing that makes me think anything is going to change here. A uh, player that I was kind of looking at to regress a little bit is on the Brewers with Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns went through a large part of the early part of the season without walking anybody. And because of that, he got a lot of attention. He might be even better now that he has walked somebody. He's got that stigma off his back where a lot of people are paying attention to what he's doing. They're looking for him to be this, this exceptional pitcher. He, he's unhinged or he's unburdened by the fact that he was considered to be this great player and that he was doing something historic. Now he can just focus on being a good pitcher. And I think that's something that is going to help him ascend to even a greater level right now. Uh, Corbin Burns has a good defense behind him. Now that Keston Hurria isn't in the lineup every day for Milwaukee, that defense is going to be better. It's better when they have players out there who can field the position um, right now, Milwaukee has struggled a little bit, but it's not because of pitching. Their pitching has been outstanding. Uh, you look at Corbin Burns, he's probably a top 10 pitcher. Brandon Woodruff is probably a top five pitcher. And that's something you didn't really see coming at all this year. Freddie Peralta being a top 20 pitcher wasn't something anybody saw coming this year. So you look at the way Milwaukee is able to put together a really good pitching staff and bullpen, and that gives them a lot of opportunities. It's 
the fact that that lineup has underproduced so much that has really held them back. Avisil Garcia is a player who's been on how many different teams now? It's probably three to four. And it seems like he's the best player on that offense right now. And that's getting crazy at this point. You run down their... You run down the top of their lineup, uh, and it's just, it's not guys who should be, it's not guys who should be there. Dan Vogelbach is a player who was floating between being on a major league roster and being off a major league roster. Christian Yelich has been extremely disappointing all year. Garcia has been the one upside for them. Uh, Omar Narvaez has been the other one who has really shown up and actually turned things around a little bit after a really disappointing season last year where it looked like he was going to end up being a backup or just being a guy on a team who's hanging around because he's got the catching equipment. Omar Narvaez has proved that he is a good catcher and can bring the bat a little bit too. And uh, Manny Pena is, yeah, splitting some time with Omar Narvaez, but Omar is the one who acts, actually has the bat. I would consider him to be a lot better and getting a lot more opportunities than Manny Pena. And then you just run down the list. It's Jackie Bradley Jr., who's been on two or three, four different teams now, and he's a great glove fun to watch in the field. The hitting just hasn't produced since his time in Boston where he showed that he's a, a decent bat and then it's gone downhill from there. So there's no real upside to this offense right now, but the pitching, like we we're saying, Corbin Burns, you know, Brandon Woodruff, they're elite and they're going to get their numbers regardless of the guys behind them. So I think that those are a couple really good options for you when you're looking here and the difference between a guy like Cedric Mullins, Robbie Grossman, um, and somebody like a Corbin Burns is Corbin Burns is probably going to be here for a while. You look at the way he throws the ball too. Um, not a whole lot of concerns about Tommy John, things like that. I think that Corbin Burns is a player who's going to, help a lot of teams out as they make a charge for a fantasy title this year. But additionally, they'll also be good when it comes to looking at a keeper league where you need to have somebody that's going to be a pillar for your team going forward. So keep that in mind as well. And another thing to keep in mind tonight is our sponsor for the evening, and that's Yard Barbers. Hate spending those long summer days doing yard work. We have just the solution, Yard Barbers LLC. Yard Barbers LLC is a local full-service lawn care company looking to provide the Quad Cities with quality and affordable outdoor services. Don't wait and fall to the back of the line. Contact Yard Barbers right now for a free yard evaluation and estimates. Find Yard Barbers on Facebook at Yard Barbers LLC or send them an email at yardbarbersqc at gmail.com. 
And looking at just a couple other players that uh, are interesting at this point, if you're talking about a fantasy keeper league, Jared Kalenic uh, of the Seattle Mariners has come up, and he has struggled. But you see all the tools there that make him such an interesting player that a lot of teams have coveted and has made his rise so infuriating to Mariners fans because ownership has gone out of their way to even say at points that they're intentionally keeping him down just so they can play the service time game. Jared Klinik, I think, is a fantastic player. I'm even more infatuated with some of their other prospects as well. So is you're looking for somebody who can be somebody to squirrel away on a roster. I think Kalinic is somebody who can really help teams going forward. And it's because not only can he hit, but he can run, he can play the field well enough. And he just has that, that intangible thing going on for him that boosts that grade, that overall grade that they give a prospect. And Jared Klinik is somebody that I think can be very good. I am more of a fan of Julio Rodriguez. Um, he's also an outfielder who's a prospect for the Mariners. I think Julio Rodriguez is where it's going to be at. Klinik is left-handed, so he gets a lot more, I would say, benefit of the doubt when it comes to his bat. But Julio Rodriguez is somebody that I think could be even better. His hit tool is considered to be a 60. His power is 65. His overall grade is a 65. Um, he's not that speedy. He does have a good arm. So when you're looking at that hit tool and that power, that's telling me something. I think that he's a player that I am definitely going to target as this kind of season goes on to try and get on my roster in one way or another. Um, what he's doing right now at, uh, it looks like um, high A, is he's producing pretty well. He's got uh, six home runs, um, looking like he's hitting 330. So right about what you'd expect from a guy who's that high a prospect that's essentially going to be in high A for a week or two before they tell the organization to get this guy out of here. It's going to happen fast. Julio Rodriguez is going to be in double A before you know it. And he's probably going to be in triple A knocking on the door by the end of the season. Uh, that's one guy that I'm really thinking long term is somebody that I want to hide on my roster to try and get on there. Jared Klinik has more of the name recognition right now. I think people are targeting him, but they're sleeping on Julio Rodriguez because Julio Rodriguez is just at high A. But the way that top prospects are getting moved up through the system right now, we're seeing guys make it to the major leagues faster than we ever have before. Think about your Ronald Acuna's and even your Andrew Vaughn's in Chicago. These are guys that were up really fast. And the reason Andrew Vaughn probably hasn't been sent down for the Chicago White Sox is because they desperately need somebody out there who can just play left field every day. They need a body. They need a body in the outfield. And Vaughn can do that. And if Vaughn turns into the kind of hitter 
that we hope he can be, because I think James and I are both really big fans of his, then he's going to be somebody who can be a middle-of-the-order bat. Right now, he just needs to make his way on this team. And, yeah, young guys, growing pains. But not everybody's going to be Ronald Acuna and take the league by storm. Not everybody can just jump in and be one of the best players in the league three years later. They're going to be those guys that are like Joe Adele, who is another player who is a top 10 prospect that people drew comparisons to Acuna. I was one of them. People drew those comparisons. But when the rubber hit the road, those holes in Adele's swing, they showed through. People saw that Joe Adele was a flawed character and that he needed to work on some things to make his way back. His battle back into the MLB is something that it's going to probably take him a while because they have a reason to wait. There's Shonei Otani who can play in the outfield. They've got Trout. They've got Upton having a resurgent year. Justin Upton is probably a top 75 player at this point. And it just it makes sense to kind of wait on somebody like Joe Adele when he's got things he needs to work on. Even though Trout is injured, uh, that outfield still makes sense even without him. Even though Dexter Fowler is injured, the Angels are saying, let's pump the brakes on Joe Adele coming right back up. I think that tells you everything the organization wants to tell you about where Joe Adele is right now because he is uh, just somebody that they're more comfortable just waiting on. And he's absolutely killing it where he's at right now in AAA. He's doing fantastic. His AAA rank right now is a top five. So Joe Adele has probably earned another promotion at some point here. But when do the Angels want to give him that promotion? I think that's going to be the key thing in determining his value. And does he have any value the rest of the year? Probably not. They're probably going to wait on him. He's probably going to be up next year after they can manipulate the arbitration time. So I would expect to see Joe Adele sometime next year. It's just a sad fact of baseball. That's something that we have to consider and something we have to live with at this point. It's just you have to try to find the value where you can, and they're willing to play those games. We need to consider that when we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, too. One way to find good value, though, is with one of our other sponsors for tonight. It's Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan that is simple, fun, and easy to play. Users determine which superstars compete in the day's professional sporting events and will record more or less than the contested line provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to the salary cap-based DFS games, but without the algorithms, lineups, and most importantly, the Sharks. There are several contests to choose from, none of which require hours of research required on competing sites. 
Start with a simple two-on-two -two or go for the highest payout, 100 times and higher by selecting an 8x8 more or less contest. Get started now with a 100% instant match bonus of up to $50 with promo code FFSQC. One other name that I've kind of started to come around on is somebody that I kicked the tires on a little bit this year because I, I liked his abilities and he was he's been down because of injuries the last few years. It's Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya has been a fantastic player through this season. He's come on for Oakland and he showed up and he's he's a guy that James and I are kind of mixed on. James thinks he's just a guy who's gonna blow up one start. He's gonna be great the next start and then he's gonna blow up the next start. This season though, Sean Manaya has proved that he's he's better than that. Right now, he's a top 25 pitcher, according to Roster Resource. And his pedigree comes with that as well. He was a first-round pick. Uh, and Sean Manaya has every reason to kind of be a player that you can just plug in and not really worry too much about. He's going to be more consistent than he is going to be awful. And I think that's something that you can really value right now. If you can put a star somebody who's going to be a top five player circled around players that are going to just be consistent and good, kind of like a Sean Manaya, build that nest to a certain degree. That's where your, that's where your value is going to come from. Those guys you can depend on just lifting up that superstar at the center of your team. Uh, just looking over a couple other things that uh, we've been talking about a little bit is I don't understand how the New York Yankees have continued to struggle as much as they have this year. You look at all the talent on that team, there's no reason that they should have the record that they have. It's just a cluster right now in New York. And you don't really understand, I guess, I guess you can pin a lot of it on injuries if you want. If you want to throw that out, sure. But at the same time, this is a team that still has Aaron Judge, that's a top 50 player. It still has DJ LeMahieu, who's been solid this year. He's a top 100 player. Glaber Torres isn't what anybody thought he would be, but he's still a solid player. Giancarlo Stanton, it depends on the week at this point, where he's either going to be the best player in baseball or he's going to be a swing and miss kind of guy. Uh, Gio Urshela has really not lived up to the expectation I think a lot of people had for him. Gary Sanchez is a similar situation. He can't be as bad as he was last year because he can't do that again and still be in Major League Baseball. But Gary Sanchez is kind of falling into that role of he is this guy now. He's just going to be okay. If you get production out of him, great. He's not going to be the guy everybody thought he was the minute he showed up in MLB as a rookie and he was knocking every ball out of the park. One guy that really is intriguing, I think, at this point and has to be considered as a target right now is Miguel Andahar. Miguel Andahar is somebody who was absolutely left for dead in baseball terms. He was off of every fantasy roster at and with good reason. Miguel Andahar got hurt uh, 
what was it, one to two games into uh, the year in 2019. And then 2020, not going to get back on the field at that point. But Miguel Andahar has earned his way back. He's 100%. And I think he deserves this opportunity, and he's going to make the most of it. I would definitely be looking to get him on your team. Right now, this season, he's already hit five home runs. He's hitting 264, and he's only done that in 106 at-bats. So Miguel Andahar, back to 100%, only rostered in about 50% of leagues on CBS. Keep him in mind right now because that's somebody who's on the on the rise that could be a player that a hungry team needs to just get some production out of right now. And like I was saying earlier about the, the team on the other side of town, the Mets, New York needs somebody to get going. In addition to judge, they need another player who can actually get hot. And if Miguel Andahar is that guy, he's going to continue to get, bumped up in that lineup and get even more value. I think Miguel Andahar is a great trade target. Somebody you could probably even pick up off the wire. Uh, but yeah, that's essentially going to do it for this week's edition of the payoff pitch. I hope everybody had a good uh, fantasy um, season up to this point. If you're looking to make moves, let us know about what your trade proposals are at this point in the year or how you're looking to maybe shake things up with a few trades. We're interested in finding out what you're kind of looking into, what kind of moves you're looking to make. Are you at the top of the league trying to solidify that championship run or are you looking to do a total rebuild on your dynasty roster? Let us know, send us an email, shoot us some of your proposals or kind of just players that are catching your eye and we'll weigh in for you. So James is going to join me next week for me. I'm Chris Steele and I'm going to be signing off. I hope you all have a great rest of the week. Thank you. Bye.